Audacity recording. Yeah. There we go. Remember to start Audacity this time. So welcome. Uh, hopefully I can keep an eye on this here. Do, 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 do. Pop out chat right there. Nailed it. Uh, whoa. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I can't see anything right now. Studio lights. They're awesome. There we go. Staring into the into the lights is a bad idea. So things are a bit different here. This is going to be a you. Ah, cool. Uh, well, welcome. I'm glad you could uh, let me know that I was doing a silent version of a radio show. Um, you know, back in the day, they did silent movies. I was trying something new called silent radio shows. It would have been a big success. Huge, huge success. So uh, before I get too far into this, I do want to make a disclaimer that at any point this stream could just be shut down because the man is just putting me down. Or, and by the man, I mean Mother Nature. And putting me down, I mean blowing snow and ice and all that stuff. The lights have flickered a couple times. So I am rushing to get this out. So if things seem off, if things seem rough, if things seem different and I seem scattered then that is why. Fortunately, my studio lights and backlight and computer and one monitor is on a battery backup, which gives me an extra four or five minutes if I'm lucky. So I just want to let everybody know the thing is that if I lose power, the internet will just gone instant snapped out of existence right there. All gone. Um, I need to turn that down just a little bit. And of course, live chat disappeared. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Detroit is expecting 14 inches of snow tonight. Yeah, we. I am a bit south of Detroit, so I'm not getting that much snow. We have. I am in that awkward. It kind of rained. It kind of sleeted. Kind of snowed, and kind of just did that all day. So we've got a lot of ice built up, and um, power lines have been blown like crazy. We've had like gusts over 60 miles an hour. It's been really bad. So. Um, Yes. Uh, yeah. So if if this show seems a little scattered and all over the place, I am doing my best. I'm trying to be a professional uh, professional. What? I'm not sure yet. I am trying to figure that out. Sure. That's not a sure microphone. It's an Earthworks. But I guess I'll get into the intro here. What's up, disc golfers? Joe here with Joe's Disc Golf Jam Pack Show today. Uh, scattered brained here talking about LVC recap. There's a lot to talk about that. Katrina Allen taking it down. We had, uh, wow, my mind just went straight out the door. On the men's side, Calvin Heimberg, the Borg himself, he assimilated a win uh, this weekend. Uh, some weird stuff has happened, and uh, a lot of weird stuff has actually happened at, at LVC already. A lot of crazy craziness, craziness happening there. Uh, talking about Drew Gibson's tweet about looking for a professional caddy, I think in my opinion, that that is a good idea. That's okay. That is very, very okay. Uh, yes. So, uh, da, 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 da. that is all I've got here. Sponsor, log, what rolls downstairs, a loner in pairs, rolls over your neighbor's dog, what's great for a snack, and it fits on your back. It's log, log, log. It's big, it's heavy, it's wood. It's better than bad, it's good. Everyone wants a log. You're going to love it, log. Come on and get your log. Log. It's from Blamo. Totally lost my train of thought there. 
Uh, it was 80 degrees in East Texas today. Uh, love that show. And Earthworks is better than sure every day. Yes. Uh, it also, Earthworks, you don't have to have um, as much beef, I think, would be the best way to put it. Let me adjust this a little bit there. Uh, to run it, Earthworks is kind of hefty. You need, a, or not Earthworks, sure, is hefty in terms of that. Um, and I got turned on to Earthworks by my father-in-law. He is fantastic. Uh, go ahead and check out the lovely folks at Sweetwater Sound. Uh, this is the Ethos. If you're interested, the Ethos is sounding fan fantastic, super duper awesome, as you can hear here, along with the Vocaster One. I have to shout that out every single time. Again, good stuff there. High quality things that you buy once and never have to buy again. Are there, you know, better quote unquote things out there? Yes, but at the price point. You can't find better. You could, it, like in most things in life, you can find something better if you have the money. I could go out and buy speakers for my home theater system that are $25,000 each, or I could spend a fraction of that for everything, essentially. So, yeah. As with everything, East Texas is good times. Uh, went to grad school, University of Texas at Tyler. Go Eagles? I don't hell if I know what they are now. They're D2. So, yeah. Woo. Go UT Tyler. They used to have a really good disc golf course there. Then I came back there after I graduated. Ooh, it must have been seven, eight years after I graduated. And a couple of my favorite holes are now like the science building and a dorm and the field i used to play ultimate frisbee in uh, is a parking lot okay all right yeah nice texas a&m i did get to travel a little bit when i was there I worked for a cheer company but that's a whole separate story first aid what up good times good times so uh lvc making our way out to las vegas rolling the dice having fun out there Running through the quick rundown here, we'll go with MPO because that is how UDISC defaults right now. First place, Calvin Heimberg. Tied for second, Ezra Aderhold and Kevin Jones. In fourth place, another tie, Kyle Klein, Andrew Gibson. Uh, fortunately for Drew, he did not have to come over such a horrible, horrible start. Last year when he run it, won it, he was in 50th after day one. Uh, Paul McBeth in sixth solo. Seventh place was Zach Arlinghouse. Tied for eighth, Matt Bell, Corey Ellis, Matthew Oram, Matty O, and Emerson Keith, and Anthony Barella. And that is your top 10, because then we go into top 13 with Eagle McMahon. I know how to say it. It's McMahon. Ugh. All right. So we got all that going on there. That was a good time. We had some weird stuff heading out there with. Um, we'll start with the Anthony Barella thing where he hit a U-Disc spotter uh, right next to the camera. I think it was U-Disc. I'm saying U-Disc. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, a spotter, a rangefinder uh, for Jomez, for Gatekeeper, for who knows. I don't know which, which guy he was with. He was next to a cameraman. Ends up not doing so hot on that one. Ends up in the hazard. And after that, it was just kind of a train wreck. Um, he was doing pretty well. He had himself up there in the lead. 
and then this one bad thing happened. And granted, that was ridiculous. It ends up he nails the guy like 500 feet down the fairway. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. The dude falls in the hazard. The disc rolls into the hazard, and it was just all bad from there. Now, my take is a little different here. And yes, that guy should have been paying a little more attention because, well, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know. You know, he was watching ahead and everything instead of looking behind him. They were kind of in a bad spot, but say la vie. Uh, unfortunately that happens. This was not some random spectator out there. This was a volunteer worker, potentially paid. I don't know if you paid or not. Depends on how that goes, but that is part of sports. How many times in hockey does a referee get hit with a puck every game? How many times does the umpire get in the way of a throw in baseball? That's rare, but it does happen. How many times does the umpire or side judge or ref get in the way during an NFL play. Now they try to be out of the way and it's kind of a different sport there as well, but it can happen. Now that's part of the problems with this is we've got some people out there doing their job, trying to do their thing, maybe not paying as much attention as they should have as a little bit of defense, as a little bit of defense kind of saw it coming in. You don't know what's going to happen with the way the wind was blowing there. So that could have, easily dropped down before them could have been pushed left or right either way they should have been paying more attention but i think that is the nature of live sports and having coverage out there things like this are going to happen now after that after ab threw they seem to have moved to the other side of the bunker where when eagle mcmahon threw and came in at a similar place so i think part of that is just having those guys being head on a swivel part of that now, if that's the same two guys, or at least the same spotter, same rangefinder that has been out there for four days, for two rounds, for two tournaments every day, maybe it's the same guy, maybe it's not. You know, you work, go ahead and work 40 hours in four days, 50 hours in four days, and see if by the end of day four, you're not a little out of it. Not trying to make excuses here just trying to explain some rationale as to why this could have happened. And I don't think this is the only time we're going to see a spotter or, or something along those lines, spotter, rangefinder, camera guy, someone kind of get in the way because it happens once every tournament, once every other tournament, or how many times where you see the camera guy standing there and they're really good at knowing where shots are going to go and where they're going to land approximately and get themselves in a, in a spot where it's not, they're not usually in the way every now and then you see one of those camera guys, just pan whip pan and just boom, it goes past them because that, you know, somebody just really got a hold of one. The wind helped them out, whatever it was. So I think that that take that, you know, people aren't going to be happy with me with that one, but I think that's, I think that's just going to be part of the sport and we try to minimize it as far as I can remember where this actually was on coverage, which is probably the only time one of those rangefinder guys is going to be there. This is probably this is the first time I can recall something like this happen, at least in recent memory, maybe in early DGN days that could have happened. I have not personally. I've only started watching Disc Golf Network recently. On occasion, the the Jomez guys would get hit very rarely again, 
but that's also a little bit different than trying to do a live broadcast. They have a little more freedom of where they can move. Their rigs are a lot different, a lot smaller, lighter relative to all the transmission equipment that's going on there. Moving on from that, I think that was the only real wonky thing that happened. Oh, oh, there was a definitely, definitely something that happened here in, uh, with Paul Macbeth and his, it, it was crazy. It was crazy. Um, he almost hit that goose. And I think we have, uh, someone had to talk to air traffic controller there and see what happens because, you know, hey, we, um, we got, um, uh, we got a, we got a fight coming in here, guys. We got one coming in nice and low. They're all gone, all gone, all gone. Told him to go. We got to get ATC out of the control here. We got to get it on there. Yeah, I'm having some fun with the voice changer. Sorry. Hopefully that actually got recorded because I don't think that did. So for those of you listening to the audio version of this, you're probably like, what the, what the fuck is going on? I did not time that bleep right. Go me. Oh, I don't know if that actually got. So this, uh, this got a little more hardcore there. Yeah. Paul Macbeth and the Canadian goose. Paul Mc, Paul McGoose. Aaron Gossage with the revenge. I really want to see Gossage with a nice goose logo and LVC logo all combined into one. And yes, I'm trying to use the plugins. They're, they're a lot of fun. They are so much fun because I can totally just do that and it works out just well. I really hope those bleeps actually went through. <laughs> Yay, YouTube demonetizing non-monetized channel. Yeah. Go team. Go team. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on to <laughs> Kevin Jones. He was in first place for quite a while. Um, things kind of went interesting, went a little sideways for him when it came down the stretch. You saw that if by now, if you haven't seen hole 18 at the very least, yeah, um, Heimberg throws a, an aggressive shot he needs to if he wants to get the win. Uh, he throws an aggressive shot, uh, manages to get over the water and somehow stick it in the little patch of grass. I don't recall right now off the top of my head if that um, if that uh, cart path right next to where he landed was in or out. I can't recall off the top of my head. He ends up making it through, but you saw the wind just beating his disc down, just beating it to hell. KJ steps up right after, sees what happens, doesn't throw it high enough, goes into the water, goes OB, almost throws it in uh, to get the tie to try to force a playoff. That did not work. That was not great for him. He did have a three or four stroke lead at one point. Unfortunately, he just could not capitalize on it. He could not keep it. He got way more conservative around the back. There are some conflicting reports a little bit. Uh, Zach Melton had commented on one of the foundation. I don't know if it was the foundation Twitter or somebody, but said like their take was wrong. The wind back there was really picking up on that back nine, especially as that last card is the lead card came through. Things were getting really bad, really messing with the discs. Calvin Heimberg had also said that he had noticed that, uh, KJ had played those holes, the back nine far more conservative. So he knew that's where he had to step on the gas. And it's no surprise because you had at one point Eagle McMahon. Uh, I don't remember if Paul was close enough, but he was definitely making a push. 
Uh, you had Calvin Heimberg, you had AB, all right there. And to think that one of those four couldn't pressure Kevin Jones going into this round and pressure him throughout the round, you're out of your damn mind. Because any one of those guys, clearly, Kevin Jones uh, or Calvin Heimberg did. And so I do tend to think that he, and not trying to discredit Kelvin Heimberg, he definitely put on the gas and did everything he needed to do to win. I feel like towards the end there, um, KJ USA took his foot off the gas a little bit. And I wouldn't say he was playing not to lose, but he wasn't playing to win. And when you play not to lose, you lose. Nine times out of ten, you end up losing. So it's unfortunate that that happened. I was rooting for him. I was really rooting for him because Prodigy doesn't have any big-name guys if Gannon walks. he ha- They have no one, absolutely no one. Kevin Jones, who the hell is that guy? I never heard of him before. Is he even good? Does he even play disc golf? I don't know. You know someone in, at Prodigy, you know Kevin Jones saw that in the lawsuit, and that has definitely been brought to his attention. And he's like, seriously? Guys? Like, no high-profile people? I'd say Kevin Jones' stock is decently high. He's no, you know, Paul McBeth, Eagle McMahon, Simon Lazat, but he's also not some of the other guys that I can't even think of their names off the top of my head. Because... I think that speaks for itself right there. He's KJ USA. He helped. He worked. He did his thing. But then, you know, whatever. It happens, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, I think that covers a lot of what happened in MPO. Over on FPO, that was kind of exciting. Uh, Katrina Allen ended up... Hang on. Ooh, excuse me. Um... FPO, haha. Yes, Katrina Allen. Definitely. Uh, you think Prodigy is regretting her walking a couple years ago now because she took it down again, fifth time that she has won the Las Vegas Challenge. Missy Gannon sitting there in second. Holland Hanley in third. Hannah Blumroos and Ella Hansen tied for fourth. Sixth place, Haley King. Seventh, Jessica Weiss. Eighth, Own Scoggins. Own Scoggins. Okay. We need to have we, we need to have a talk about her. And tied for ninth is Jennifer Allison, Jennifer Allen. Wow. And Caroline Henderson. Working out too many things in my brain right here. Again, trying to get this through. Lights haven't flickered recently, but I'm on a battery backup. So <laughs> trying to get this one in quick. All right. Yes. Oh, uh, you changed your name back. Uh, yes, Prodigy needs a new FPO sign. Off the top of my head, I can't think of Prodigy who's on Prodigy. And Own is very lovable. Own is awesome. And no. Okay, two channels. Ooh, fancy pants. Fancy pants. Uh, da, 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 da. Own is awesome. So now I got roasted by a couple of my friends and some other people. And, aha, I see. Uh, And I got roasted by a few of my friends and some people have talked to me saying, how come you didn't have own up there higher, especially after day one in your LVC challenge and in your predictions there? And the reason is because, um, well, own isn't exactly a distance thrower. 
And while this isn't one of the longest courses out there, it is definitely a longer course and putting can do a lot to keep you in it. I mean, just eighth place. And does anybody think of own as a massive distance thrower? No, I mean, not trying to like, that's just not her game. Uh, she overall strokes gained T to green. She lost 0.6 strokes gained putting 4.3 essentially went OB only eight times and out of the field that is second best to Melody Castorita and tied with Ellen Widboom and Deanne Carey and Christine King and Michelle Sagboy. Uh, must be some local people there. So that is, I mean, that is, she had one of the best OBs totals. She kept the disc in bounds. That's her game. She keeps the disc in bounds, gets a decent amount of distance, and lights up the putting green. Unfortunately, at a course like this, you still need more distance than what she has. And that kind of showed here. But again, eighth place for someone who you would not think of doing well in a distance course. So uh, I think Prodigy just needs to sell and get out of the, quote, player's ownership style. Uh, Seppo, Will, and Kale looked bad in this uh struggling brand yeah it's uh it's a tough one um i think it was discgolf.law suggested that they should sell to someone like a lone star or a mint disc someone who's coming up you could you see clash taking over that and then have a presence in the u.s i don't know if clash has enough money i don't know if lone star hasn't i don't know if any of those companies have enough money but it would be it wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. And um, I did like I saw somebody posted on Reddit about um, someone whoever's running the social media for DD is doing a good job because they said that um, they said uh, you won't find us flashing and had a couple of their pictures of their Supreme line of discs. And if you haven't touched Supreme plastic or Royal plastic, oh, it is. It is some of the best plastic I've ever felt. And it is amazing. Like, in general, DD, Latitude, Westside, they're flashing. Not that big of a deal. But this takes it to, like, a whole nother level. This is, like, the inverse prodigy right there. Um, and, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, as the disc golf photography guy points out, none of this will be an issue once agents get involved. I'd like to add a caveat to that. Once knowledgeable agents get involved, there it, there is some rumors of agents being involved in other deals that are like agents. Technically, they have registered and submitted the paperwork in various states, but are not good at their job. I'm trying to be nice. And so that'll be interesting. Ezra, he was, I'll have to flip back here. Ezra was second place. I think, uh, yeah, he did a good job. People who switched bags. Emerson Keith did pretty well, considering new bag this year. Uh, who else? Nico LaCastro. Again, hasn't played in six months. Hasn't played a tournament round in six months. Was under a microscope. He wasn't on camera, but definitely under a microscope. New bag. I think he did pretty well. He tied for 17th with uh, Scott Withers, uh, Clint Kelvin, and Nico all right there. So he did really well. 
that's crazy. Um, some people who are switching bags, it has been brought up that switching bags might not necessarily be the death knell on a season that we thought it was that other people have, um, as Simon put it, it reinvigorates you and you have to learn your shots. Now I'm, I'm not saying that like you won't have some struggles cause that will definitely happen. You switch bags, you go to reach for old faithful and then you're like, Oh yeah, I don't have that again. This one's pretty close, but it's not quite the same. Um, so there's that. Uh, I was wondering because he did distance throwers besides AB and Calvin end up. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ezra was there, which was awesome. Um, some are too knowledgeable. Think boy bands. <laughs> Who gets screwed first? Whoa. hey -o. Uh Discs don't matter because they're all the same based on the limitations of the PDGA. Yes. And now that there is far more parity, I would say, in the disc, disc market, it's very easy to go from trilogy to Innova, to Discraft, to whoever, because you can generally find that same disc or one that is 95% that disc, and it won't be as big of a problem anymore. Five, six years ago, you could come from Discraft and go to DD and go, man, I really wish I had the whatever, and they don't exactly have that. And since then, they've filled out their lineup, especially Trilogy as a whole has filled out their lineup. Discraft has increased their, their lineup. Um, you've got all these newcomers that Mint, Lone Star, they're filling out their lineups really fast. Innova is already, you know, has a crazy lineup and so much overlap. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I like some of the things that people are trying to do in terms of innovation with the discs within the limitations of the PDGA. Um... Maybe some of those rules should be looked at a little bit, tweaked maybe a little bit. I don't know. But generally speaking, having the limitations forces creativity. Look at what Loftists did with the Boreum. They rounded the underside of the disc. Whether you like it or not, it is something different. It is something that you can check out and try. And I'm kind of eh, kind of eh on it. I'll be curious to see uh, one of the other things that DiscGolf.Law has brought up will be the first lawsuit between manufacturers and naming schemes being too similar to each other. Think Discmania and Prodigy with the way they name their discs. That could be an issue. I don't know who was first, probably Discmania, but we'll see. You know, you got your A2s and all that kind of stuff, your PA2s and 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 all that. It'll, it'll be interesting. I don't know. He didn't suggest there was anything coming down the pike, but... You never know. Going back to the... Going back, uh, yeah. Uh, I think each manufacturer will introduce overmold after MVP takes over, says Disc Golf Photography Guy. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised or have their version. Look at what um, Trilogy's doing with the Supreme and Royal Plastic. It's only a matter of time before Discraft looks at that and goes, you know, I don't know if there's anything special about this plastic, but it's selling. Look at what Innova did with Halo Plastic. And then um, Trilogy goes and copies it, calls it Orbit Plastic. Is it any different than some of their other stuff out there? Is it any different than Goldline? No. Or Fusion? Depends on who you're talking about. No, but it looks cool. 
So there's that. Um, MVP still claims that you'll get, what, 10%-ish? 10, 15 feet, something like that, maybe? 10 to 30 feet further with an overmold because the way it works. The physics say that could be true. But that's on paper. And a lot of things look really good on paper. And then you try them in real life and they don't go so great. Just, yeah. Yep, that's, that's, I mean, come on. That's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, you'll, you'll see for yourself, basically. Um, yeah, it's going to change the game and boost MVP even more because they uh, of copying. Uh, yeah, uh, like contracts. <laughs> yes. I think uh, now that the money is really getting in there, we are going to see far more lawyers getting into this, um, including, obviously, DiscGolf.Law wants to do that because, shoot, their website is DiscGolf.Law. Just check them out. Um, and then who's that other one? Sunstein. They do a lot of advertising with the Disc Golf Network and everything. They seem to be, um, I think they are representing Disc Golf Network. I don't know if just the Disc Golf Network or Disc Golf Network, PDGA, and Thousand Rated Productions in this Natalie Ryan lawsuit thing that's going on, which I highly recommend you go ahead and check out. Again, DiscGolf.Law. Go check them out. Let them know I sent you. I've talked to them before. Fantastic people. Fantastic people over there. Um, just gave a lawyer breakdown of the lawsuit that's going on. So doesn't matter what side you're thinking about, whether that should happen, it shouldn't happen. Doesn't matter. They just go, here's the lawsuit. Here are the facts. Here's what they're trying to prove. Here's what they're trying to get. And they break it down into, I think I, I looked at it. It's like 70 pages. Boring as hell. I mean, if you're a lawyer... God bless you. And I'm sure you're you're looking at me going, all right, anatomy, boring as hell. God bless you. That's, you know, I deal with anatomy all the time. So thank God for, for lawyers in that respect. So they broke it down, kind of gave some options there. One of the things that they said could be a potential option and could just absolutely nuke this lawsuit is canceling the tournament. Could theoretically happen. I don't think so. I don't think that will happen, but I don't know. I, I don't have a magic crystal ball. Uh, he said most likely this will not end up in court because most lawsuits have a 97% rate of being settled outside of court, but I have this odd feeling this will be that 3%. This is the 3%. So we'll see how this all progresses and goes from there. Uh, I do highly recommend reading the first couple pages. I've read through those. Hilarious. Those aren't as boring, but we'll see. Um, uh, I'm on. I'm on his team. Uh, focus. Get, uh, yeah. Shameless plug. Uh, my issue is the lack of dome on MVP drivers. Uh, the reason the escape doesn't glide like the Saint. Yes, I have a dome escape and it goes for miles. I get that thing on a forehand flip up. Oh, 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 so beautiful. Uh, oh, and I have an actual health-related question. I hurt my arm on a forehand today. Later on, if you got time, uh, rub some dirt on it, walk it off. Now you're definitely one of my athletes. I tell that to them all the time. Or suck it up, buttercup. Uh, good times, good times. Uh, yeah, I guess, I. you know, I am going to, this has been like a 20-minute tangent, and we're going to finish off FPO LVC. <laughs> 
just knock that off real quick. Uh, Katrina Allen had some unfortunate, um, had an unfortunate situation as well, where on one of the holes, I can't remember, final round, she throws it a bit long, wind takes it a bit, lands on the cart path, 95% certain that was coming back in on the skip, hits a golf cart. Now, that was unfortunate and went from, ended up taking, I think, I think that was a whole, I think there's whole 10 where she took, is it 10 or six? She took a bogey on that one and that did not go well for her. Unfortunately, it was a bad hole. Unfortunate things had happened there. One, what was good though, is whether this comes from some mental training, mental that she's done over this break, whether that was because of say, you know, just experience. She was able to shake it off, bounce back, and not have any issues going further. Did take another bogey on hole uh, 10 and 16, but it happens. I think she bounced, I think it was hole 10 and bounced back with a birdie. So that was very good for her. Now, with this one, you could say, what was that dude doing with the cart there so close? He was following the chase card, and there had been... There have been some rumors floating around online that lead card was kind of playing quick. Like as soon as chase card was like putting out their throwing rather than giving them a little space. So could they have played a little slower? Yeah. Could that guy have parked that golf cart a little different spot? Yeah. But again, I don't know. These are things that we have to consider. Now, the important thing will be to take situations like this learn from them and whether that's implementing policies or excuse me implementing policies procedures or just having people generally be more aware of what's going on with their surroundings um that could all be possible did not end up affecting that it was definitely katrina allen from uh start to finish all four rounds she did make it a little interesting there where Missy Gannon started to push and got within three strokes. I think on one hole, there was like a four stroke swing, brought it within two. And then Missy uh, goes bogey and it just didn't go well from there. And uh, Katrina Allen was able to hold out for the win. Uh, Hannah, her putt looked better. I will say that if anybody has gotten a chance to watch that, her putt definitely looked better now it didn't look great she did miss a decent amount but it wasn't evelina evelina her putt looks just as bad as it did last year and she had talked about spending more time practicing so i don't i don't think this is a practicing issue where she's just like ah, i don't know throw like 10 putts every couple days whoop de do. I think this is this is still the yips. I think this is a mental issue that she needs to work out, whether that is um, she needs probably needs to see a sports psychologist just to work through whatever this issue is, because whatever she's tried to do on her own hasn't worked. I think it was her. I think it might have been somebody else has said, like, practice putting banks him all the time, gets out on the course. And I mean, we've we've seen it. It's horrible. It's awful. My miss, like my putting percentage 
probably better than hers, but for argument's sake, my misses are significantly closer. My misses are reasonable. Chain out, you know, hit a little low, didn't get a good wind read. This is missing the basket by six feet from 15 feet away. Like if I miss from six feet away and I am, and if I miss by six feet and I'm 70 feet away, I'm pretty damn happy. If I miss by six feet from 10 feet away, I'm pretty pissed. So, uh, does she have the meat sweats? Uh, potentially the meat M E E T sweats. If we're going to say this is like a track meet, uh, but we'll, we'll see here. No, that's good. I gotcha. I gotcha. It was, it was pretty, uh, it's frustrating watch because if you look at her, uh, we'll pull up the stats here. We'll go, we'll go over to player stats. We'll look. She missed the cut. She was down here. Where was she? Where was she? I think she bumped up a smidge here. Uh, Evelina Solomon finished 33rd, crushed it on the tee to green. She had 11.65 strokes on the field. She went OB 15 times and lost 8.4 strokes on the green. So that is some of the worst out there. Probably one of the worst of the people you've heard of. Um, she is third worst out there. Sammy Kennington is the worst. Violet Maine, second worst. Evelina Solonen, third worst when putting. Uh, Hannah Blumroos, fifth worst in putting. Now, strokes gained T to green. Evelina was up there. She's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ninth best out there. Uh, Hannah crushed it. She had. 20 strokes gained tee to green with losing almost seven. So it was just bad. Um, where, uh, where are all the big hitters in MPO? Um, I know that um, Ricky missed it because of his wrist injury. He had a flare up with his Lyme disease. And I can't remember who else missed. But um, yeah, if Hannah got good at, yeah, if Hannah got, good at putting get good scrub uh if she got good at putting yeah it wouldn't even be close it would like we saw Kristen Tatar dominate last year like she would have crushed Kristen Tatar last year Kristen would have been battling for second it would have been a battle for second actually based on last year it would have been a battle for third place everyone would have been like well it's um we're all here for second place now. Cool. It's like rolling up to a B tier or an A tier and going, all right, Paul Macbeth is here. Looks like we're all f***ing fighting for second. Yay. Yay. Yeah, if if she ever got good, it would be terrifying and awesome to watch. I think Evelina could be the last FPO player to be truly dominant for a whole season like Kristen Tatar did, like Paige Pierce used to do, like Katrina Allen has done in the past. I think that FPO is getting to a point with MPO where a dominant season now in MPO is like three wins, four wins. Where before, was it 2015? Macbeth didn't lose. He got first place at all the tournaments he showed up to. For a while, it was, you know, who's going to win, Ricky or Paul? And now it's all right. 
okay, well, Simon can win. Ricky can win. Aaron Gossage can win. Gannon Burr can win. Eagle McMahon can win. And all those guys are showing up. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, which makes things way more exciting. And that's a good thing for FPO. I, I do want to emphasize that. That is a good thing for FPO. But we shall see about that. Um, yeah, uh, disc golf. Photography guy says uh, she's going to be top three in a year or two after we all keep saying this about her. I, I hope so. Like, watching her throw is awesome. Watching her putt is terrifying, to say least. But, uh, yeah, I think that covers FPO and what I had to say off the top of my head there. Still going good. Still haven't had any power issues. Uh, knock on press board wood that is my desk here. I can. I guess we can get into our disc golf healthy segment here, uh, and uh, find out what's wrong, and you know, test out that malpractice insurance. What is going on, caller, with your arm? We'll see how this goes. Um, sorry to put you on the spot there with absolutely no warning. So I will, uh, as you type that out, I will just try to BS and fill and be a good host and. Do, 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 do. Oh, uh, DGN. Want to talk about that real quick? Ugh, cat hair. Um, Want to talk about that real quick because I am getting super annoyed with not being able to rewind. Uh, Vimeo is markedly a worse platform than YouTube, and I get they've been with Vimeo, but it seems like they've done some changes here recently that have made things worse for this season. So I really hope that they do this. The only reason I still have my DGN subscription is because uh, to talk about the tournaments and watch this and go through it. Uh, especially now as last or last round is no longer free. It's the first round on YouTube. You do, as a PDGA member, get some free ones. So go ahead, check that out. Uh, some of the majors. You could also buy individual packages for a specific tournament. If you want to do like a watch party or something, you can also just pay for a month, which is way cheaper, and then just cancel it. And uh, so far, it doesn't look like uh, my favorite FPO announcer, uh, I don't believe, has been scheduled for anything here. Uh, Elaine King uh, provided plenty of content for me last year. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's all I got to say about that. Um, hopefully, we'll see how this goes. Uh, so, uh, disc golf photography guys, how's your arm? Uh, I've had what feels like tendonitis in my right elbow after throwing a forehand on what seemed like an awkward elbow movement. So this was a one, one time this happened. This wasn't like, I've been playing for the last couple weeks and it's slowly gotten worse over that. This is like one and done. Um, I have it on video as I was filming. Well, that's a good, bad thing. Yay! So I guess uh, without getting into anatomy too much, if you have your arm kind of like that, like you're making a bicep, is it um, kind of like on the inside of your elbow here, almost like where you hit your funny bone? Or is it kind of like where your bicep comes into the uh, crease of your elbow? Or is it on the backside where your tricep comes to your elbow? That's Those are pretty much it. If you hurt the other side, if you hurt the outside of your arm... Um, I'm really questioning how you throw a forehand because that's not 
right at all. <laughs> Anatomically speaking, that is really impressive um, to do. So yeah, um, felt I felt like I've had it before. I had a drop out of event last year. Um, kind of mostly elbow related. Yeah, um, but I guess is it like on the inside of your elbow here um, or kind of on this part where your bicep meets? Let me do, 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 do. Anatomy lesson. So UCL comes in, your humerus and ulna, all kind of right in there. Uh, you've got your biceps tendon that comes into your, uh, it's not the olecranon fossa. Is it the olecranon fossa? Medical words are hard somehow. Um, so the one thing you have to worry about with pain there is um, it's a very common injury in pitchers in baseball. It's a UCL injury, ulnar collateral ligament. Um, you can have various degrees of that, uh, which is not, uh, a good thing. Um, if there is, generally speaking, if there is not like a pop or something like that, that happened right off the bat, then most likely it is not torn. Again, I haven't put hands on. There are special tests you could do. That's what we call them. They're special, special test, um, that we can test the integrity of the ligament without having to do that. My advice was, uh, does weightlifting affect it? It depends what you're doing. If you're doing like cleans and power lifts like that, yes. If you are doing regular old bicep curls, eh, eh, kinda could. Um, my advice would be to get that checked out further to buy a, um, an orthopedic. Up where I'm at, we've got orthopedic walk-in clinics basically urgent care for orthopedic and it is amazing absolutely amazing um just basic lifts like you should be okay bench press would probably cause you some issues i would start out light and work your way up again not a doctor not trying to give out medical advice this is educational purposes only hey ho cya uh and ice is never a bad thing. Um, well, I guess it could be. You can ice. You won't need to ice it for very long because your ulnar nerve. So when you hit your funny bone and your pinky and ring finger go all tingly, that nerve runs right about where you're going to slap that bag of ice on. So you only need to ice for a little bit. If your fingers start to go numb, then take the ice off. That's a bad idea. Um, we, we don't need, you don't need frostbite on top of an elbow injury. Um, there are some general forearm strengthening exercises that you can kind of do that will help definitely laying off the um, laying off the forehands will be good. If you are ever curious about why Simon Lazat is having issues with his forehand and some throws, you get to experience it firsthand. Um, your channel needs more viewers, great production value and dry humor. Dry humor is the best. You can thank my dad for that one because I grew up watching some Monty Python and some Three Stooges, Benny Hill, all the classics, all the classics. Uh, cool. I think, okay, then I've tried looking into forearm exercises, but it's conflicting on them. Yeah, there it's, mm, it's interesting. So you could do some grip strengthening stuff. So if you go to Walmart or something and or Amazon and buy one of those, you know, it looks like you're going to play the trumpet. It's got the little four things and you can just do that. That'll help because a lot of the 
muscles in your forearm that are a lot of the muscles that control your hand are in your forearm. So you could actually feel that like if you go up and you get your wrist at shoulder height and pull back, you can kind of feel that stretch this underside here. Those are all the muscles that are, that will make your wrist go things. And you do going down. There's great content for all you audio people out there. I love it. Um, going down, you'll feel that on the top. Uh, those are good. Um, generally you could do the, get like, if you have like a one pound weight or a two pound weight, if you don't grab like a can of soup, get, you know, Campbell's beef chunky or whatever you can, um, you can, what you can do is just have your arm sitting down. So pretend my arm is flat. I can't do it and actually show you on camera. And then what you're going to do is just take something. We're going to pretend don't ask why I have a box cutter here. <laughs> it's an open boxes, of course. Um, it was actually to do surgery on a speaker. Okay, get into that a little later. But you just do forearm curls and do that. That'll get the one side. You can flip over, flat on a table again, go wrist extension. That'll help too. Um, you, I turn my wrist with my dumb... Uh, yeah, it. you can do those. So what you can do... If you get a dumbbell or if you get a weight, something longer, I have a screwdriver here too, again, to perform surgery on a speaker. Um, you can, again, just, I like to stabilize. I like to rest my arm on a table and I will put my other hand over the top here and just rotate side to side, just like that with a little bit of weight. You don't need a lot. That will help work a lot of the pronators and supinators, the things that turn your wrist. Those are there. Um, as an audio engineer, I'm looking forward to the speaker surgery. Yes. Oh God, you're probably not going to love it. Um, Jerry rig. So those are a couple exercises there that are easy. Um, something else that you could work on. Uh, they sell them on Amazon, uh, either a finger web. It looks, it's about 14 inches around, give or take. Um, and you can put your fingers in there and try to spread them apart. They also make smaller ones where it's just these holes. They look like a little gel thing. And there's like a ball or something in the middle. And you just try to spread your hand out. Um, there's also a gyroscopic stabilization ball. It comes with a little string. You pull it and you spin it. And the faster you spin it, the harder it gets to spin. It's really weird. It's really awesome. Uh, I don't have one here. I have one at work. And if I remember to bring it, I'll do that. I need to get more content on Disc Golf Healthy. Trying, 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 but I'm out here doing this, doing this. It's awesome. It's awesome. So um, that's exactly what I do, but I haven't done it a lot, really. Yeah, um, maintenance is also key with a lot of this stuff, generally speaking. Um, I don't know if this is true about Simon, but I wouldn't be surprised if he was doing his maintenance exercises and his shoulder, his elbow, everything was feeling great, and he stopped or cut back. And now he's hurting again, and so he's going to start up again. Simon is what I would call, if, if that is true, I'm not saying that's true. If that is true, then I will say he is part of the 99.9% .9 of all athletes out there who I have to drag into my room, kicking and screaming, going, no, you have to do your shoulder exercises, but my shoulder feels good. Exactly or my elbow, or my wrist, or my ankle, or my knee, or my hip, or my back, or whatever it is. 
It's a lot harder to keep up doing those exercises when you're feeling good. Also, he's a professional athlete. My high school kids have absolutely nothing else better to do. The rest of us, we're all adults and we have other things to do. So I actually keep one of those hand strengthening things in my car and I have a 40 minute commute and that's it. I'll just do that. I'll pull that out and I'll do five, 10 minutes of that on each hand because it's a long highway drive essentially. So that helps. Uh, if you're not getting better in a week or two, I would highly recommend going to an orthopedic doctor. Um, obviously if your insurance says you have to go to your doctor first to get a referral, do that. If you don't have to do that, don't go to your doctor. Your family doctor is probably awesome, but they don't know orthopedics. And I have had more issues with family docs or general practice doctors trying to do orthopedics and not knowing what they're doing. And it's just frustrating to say the least. That's like I tell people, if you sprain your ankle and you can generally walk on it or it's not that bad, don't go to the ER. The ER is fantastic at keeping you alive. They're not so fantastic with dealing with general sprains. Now you sprain your ankle and somehow the bone is sticking out. They're going to call in that trauma ortho and it's going to be fantastic. But that's just kind of where I'm at. So, um, yeah. Uh, if yeah, hopefully this fix it, fixes it. Uh, if not, I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Send me a DM at Joe's disc golf. And we're going from there. Uh, what are you looking for in the next tournament? I am looking for it to be at Waco. I haven't had a chance to really look at it. This week has been absolutely bonkers at work. Um, on top of the crazy weather patterns that have been coming through here. Also had um, playoffs. Unfortunately, my team did not make it. But uh, next year. Now I sound like a Cubs fan. Always next year. Um, so there's that. Surgery story. So I have a pair of Polk, um, what are they, Monitor 70 Series 2 floor standing speakers. And that's going to be awesome. I hope you'll be here, uh, well, I guess that's in two weeks, uh, to talk about that uh, gain stage. I was wondering, because you did say you're an audio engineer, I gathered that the name had meant something along those lines, or I gathered that. Uh, one of the hosts and my former roommate in college, um, Ian from Half in the Bag, uh, he is, uh, he's got his degree in uh, technical theater and um, he is awesome. I've learned a lot of stuff from him when we were in college and he now works for another company doing projection. So it is pretty awesome. But so I have a pair of Polk Studio Monitor 70 Series 2 which, uh, as far as I can tell, they don't quite make that anymore. I bought those back in 2012-ish uh, when I got my first real big boy job. And I had that with, oh God, what was it? Uh, what, what stereo receiver? I have an Onkyo now. What did I have back then? Pioneer. Uh, because my dad still has a Pioneer that he bought in the 80s works amazing pioneer consumer electronics suck ass they're awful um don't buy pioneer buy onkyo at least at this time in 10 years from now who knows um 
had a lot of issues with that. Speaker sounded great. So I've got those. Um, I was trying to uh, calibrate my system in my basement and because I put up sound paneling, which I got from uh, their Prime Acoustic panels. The uh, They're the two-inch, uh, four-foot by four-foot that I cut down to poster size, uh, 24 by 36, and wrapped them in fabric. So instead of this being a super echoey room, which it kind of is for part of it, I still have two more posters to make. Uh, I will do a studio tour once my basement is not a hot mess. Um, got that, had the volume up a little too high, blew out a tweeter. I was like, all right, okay, whatever. I'll just buy a new one. I'll just buy not a new speaker because I bought the pair for like $400 and you can't get a pair of those for $400 anymore. You could buy one of them for $400 as I found out or more used because that's awesome. Um, so yes. And yeah. Oh, uh, yes. So, uh, disc golf photography, disc golf photography guy says, I like a little echo myself feels natural. I agree. However, the way my basement is set up, it was more than just a little echo. <laughs> it was a lot more than just a little echo. Um, it was something, let's see, let's see if I can do this. Um, it was something like this, where you just kind of walked and talked in here and it was awful. There we go. Hopefully that all worked out there. Uh, plugins are awesome. Uh, uh, it's good right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I didn't mean like listening to a movie in here. It was awful. Uh, especially because I have a 5.2.4 surround sound setup. Atmos is amazing. Invest in it if you haven't yet already. Uh, so I blew out a tweeter and cause I had the volume too loud. I was an idiot. I was trying to follow a guide on direct live three and I misunderstood what the guide was saying. So direct live also amazing for an idiot like me, like I love this as kind of a hobby, but um, yeah, audio stuff, I love listening. Used to do wedding DJ stuff, not anymore. Um, as a professional DJ engineer and lover of good gear, I passionately hate Pioneer, yes. Um, back in the day, they were great. Like I said, my dad still has that Pioneer receiver from the 80s that still sounds really good. Uh, that's the difference between close mics. Uh, oh, yeah. Cardi yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so obviously, this is a super cardioid mic. Um, I have learned the difference between those. I did a review on the Earthworks Icon, the USB one um, that had a cardioid pattern. And I'd done enough research to be dangerous about the uh, difference between the cardioid, omnidirectional, um, figure eight. Can't remember what that was called basically front and back, have a microphone. If you're doing an interview with one microphone, um, anyway, uh, blew out the tweeter. I was like, all right, I will find a replacement. Those don't exist anymore. So what I was able to find was the tweeter from the studio series that fits the 40, 50 and 60, um, series doesn't quite fit the series 70. The plastic housing is bigger on the 70 than it is on the 60. So what I had to do was take that speaker off the one that was dead. It, it did nothing. The tweeter that was dead, whoop-de-doo did not care. 
It was... Uh, Polk does a fantastic job of securing that in there. The screws that held it into the wooden housing for the speaker were great. The epoxy that they used to keep the speaker held in place on that plastic bit, amazing. Also sucks so much to get rid of. Oh, it was awful. It was so bad. I used so much goo gone to dissolve it. Doing my best, like this was the dead one. So I had to try to save that faceplate. I saved it, and I didn't damage the pretty side, basically. I mean, I run covers on the front, so I don't really care. Uh, because children, so they don't actually touch the speakers themselves, the actual cones, and then destroy things. Um, yeah, so I had to do that, take the other one off. Uh, that is also why I have this uh, drywall hole punch here to help kind of scrape it out, as well as uh, another screwdriver and a box cutter to kind of cut that. So I was able to get that out, figured out my process for that one, figured out the process for the other one, and then eventually got that down. Um, that was uh, fit in there. Everything else worked out. It was another forum speaker, another forum tweeter. So we're good there. The size fit perfect. It was awesome. And now the surround sound, Atmos sounds so good. So good. It is worth it. It is expensive. Well, it mm, like any hobby, whether it's photography, audio, podcasting, whatever, it can be as expensive as you want it to be. So yeah, um, Atmos, again, I went with an all Polk, all Polk setup. So I've got um, Studio Series, uh, or the Monitor Series 2, 70 Series 2 in front with a uh, Series C2 center channel on... My left and right rear audio is the RC85 in wall speakers. And then in the ceiling, I have four RC80s. I might be mixing up those two, you know, round one and the square one, basically. RC80s in the ceilings, and they sound so good. So good. Um, speaking of old tech, uh, my dad shocked himself replacing a neon tube in the TV as a kid. Tech was not only mentally but physically dangerous back then, but things were also repairable. Um, not going to get really into the whole right to repair thing. You should be able to repair the crap you buy. Uh, but yeah, it was uh, try the Rode Smart Lab, cheap and good. I, uh, oh, that's for, yeah, uh, I'm hunting for the best lav mic right now. Three and a half uh, millimeter though. Yeah, uh, Rode is fantastic. A lot of their stuff is good. I was actually looking, so... Um, for uh, disc golf photography guy, I've got the Lumix G100 here, and I was actually looking at getting the Rode uh, shotgun mic for that uh, to put on top because I plan on filming stuff out on the course at some point, at least trying to do some more video reviews here. Uh, I try to keep the production value as good as possible. Uh, I sold my 50-gallon fish tank and bought a camera. And also got this awesome microphone. Um, uh, I've heard the G7 is really good. It was out of my price range. <laughs> and I've heard that the, I mean, for what I want, the um, G100 hit everything. Uh, it does the 4K video, which is meh. 
I think I'd rather go with the 1080p 60. Uh, Sound-wise, like the built-in microphone is fine. But yeah. Uh, oh, wow. Damn. 325 new. You son of a beach. Because, yeah, 1080p 60 is great. Uh, do you teach the fish to breathe air before? Yes. I actually sold the fish. Um, so I had African cichlids. They, uh, they're fantastic. If you ever want to get into fish tanks and doing fish and you want something more than tetras, something that's bright and colorful, but don't want to pay the insane amounts to have a saltwater tank, African cichlids are the way to go. Uh, basically, uh, that's, that would be why I found someone desperate on Facebook. Yeah, I also had somebody try to buy my fish tank on Facebook. Um, they checked in to some bar in Portugal not long before uh, they sent me a message trying to scam me and then tried to tell me I was scamming them uh, because I asked if I should include shipping to Portugal with that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the fish were doing great. Uh, I, they, uh, have a sophisticated breathing apparatus, uh, made out of seaweed and shells and they could survive for about 30 minutes at a time out there on land. Uh, hopefully you saw the other guys. Uh, uh, you can find some good stuff on Facebook though. Um, but yeah, I think that about does it. That's about all I have here. So I can highly recommend the... Earthworks icon, and so can Gain Stage, I assume. And um, the Vocaster One by Focusrite is awesome. I spent probably forty-five minutes in OBS trying to make my voice sound as good as possible. And with one button push, with the Vocaster One, it sounded so much better. I mean, there is a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, of people, a lot of things that, you know, you can change and tweak and everything. Uh, Focusrite does a fantastic job. Uh, I, okay. Uh, Tascam guy, I'm old. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I got this for Christmas. So I wasn't even looking for that for, uh, a while. I was using the Behringer UMC 22. Uh, which is great. Uh, Behringer also makes great stuff, inexpensive. So that, and yes, a lot of people hated and still hate on the G100, but uh, I did find this photographer out of Las Vegas who did this whole review on it. It's a, it was like a two-part thing. It was like 25 minutes. It looked good. Um, even on YouTube compression, which I was like, hey, if it looks good in YouTube compression, that's where I'm going. So, you know, why not? Um, and yeah, G100 was a good thing. Comes with the lens, which was huge. And then I immediately bought another lens because I like the uh, 14 millimeter and needed a slightly wider aperture so I didn't have to blind myself uh, getting into the weeds of that. So yeah, I think that about does it. This last uh, half hour, if you're still with me on the podcast, hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, we'll call this the after show during the show, uh, the pre post show and, uh, made it through without actually having to worry about, uh, if we're in Vegas, who's the bet in Waco? Um, 
who is registered and showing up. That is actually a legitimate question is who is showing up. Uh, I don't see this here. Course stats, win probability. Uh, looks like Paul is there. Ricky's there. Gannon's there. Calvin's there. Uh, it's hard to bet against Paul. Uh, Nico has historically done decent here. Um, on the FPO side. Oh, Kristen Tatar is going to be there. Uh, I'm betting on Kristen Tatar until she proves me wrong. <laughs> that is for sure. I'm also uh, working on uh, refining a, um, I don't know, a prediction model with AI and other tech buzzwords that I don't know what's going on. Thank you, Chat, G chat GPT. But I think that about does it. Um, Aaron Gossett. Uh, let's see. Let's switch back here. It does not look like it. Oh, yeah, he's there. Um, according to the win probability on Udisc, he has a less than 1% chance to win and 12% uh, chance to get in the top 10. They have uh, Paul at 17% chance to win, Ricky at 15, Matty O at 9, Calvin Heinberg at 9, Gannon Burt at 8%. So who knows? Um... Maybe Goose will be there, or maybe Goose will win it. Who knows? I don't know. It'll be exciting, but um, yeah. Yes, I will stay warm, and hopefully, I'm glad to be your favorite disc golf stream. You have low standards. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, <coughs> that's not dry humor and self-deprecating humor, but thank you all for watching. Hope you all enjoy the show. Um, if you get a great tree kick, don't forget to thank Treesus. And if you get kicked deeper into the woods, well, you need to repent and reflect because you have transgressed against Treesus. As always, I've been Joe, you've been awesome, and I can't wait to talk to you all in the next video.